All right, Daniel Miller, Matt Eisner, and new guest, his first appearance on the podcast, William Hallward Dreemeyer. The four of us are here to talk about the state of baseball. Uh, if you know what's up with the state of baseball right now, I don't need to explain it all that in depth. Um, the players and the owners cannot reach an agreement yesterday on a new collective bargaining agreement. And Rob Manfred took action and canceled the first two series of the regular season. So uh, we are all pretty angry. We are all not happy with what happened yesterday. We have not been happy what has been going with what has been going on these past few weeks with the state of Major League Baseball. So um, this is really just going to be a vent, a, a possible roast of Ma- Rob Manfred. This could go in a lot of different directions, but it's all going to center around the same theme that we are angry. We are not happy. So, um, Matt, you seem to uh, be the loudest amongst the bunch. And uh, we were talking off pod, and you have some feelings. So um, this is your time. Right. Let, let it all out. Go. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm angry, I'm furious, and I'm, I'm, like, a little bit devastated that baseball won't be starting on time. I mean, it's, it's our national pastime. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the force that kind of brings all, all of us together as a country. And it's like when there's something that kind of you know is taking it's, you know we're not gonna have baseball for at least the first couple of weeks and that's probably going to continue into the farther into the season as it seems like the union and the league are um millions and millions of dollars apart from reaching an agreement um it, it's it's really really frustrating and i think what i'm most frustrated about right now um has to come not so much from the negotiating side of the um, of the situation right now, but the public relations side. Um, I can speak for all of us saying that we were really optimistic on Monday night when players and uh, and league officials were meeting into the wee hours in the morning. I think they were meeting from like 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. and they were they were supposedly negotiating, and then at 2 a.m. when they stopped meeting, there were a lot of people on the league side who said that they were hopeful that a deal were, was going to come soon and they were optimistic that there was going to you know be a, a baseball season that started on time and from what we learned on Tuesday after the you know the league presented its final offer we, we learned that that was smoke and this was not really this, I, there, this, there was no progress made whatsoever um, and they were really they were really far apart, millions and millions of dollars apart. And just, you know, I don't know if it was the league trying to pull a fast one on the players, trying to sneak some uh, something that the, the owners wanted by the players in a last second um, deadline deal, um, or if it was just to, um, you know, try to psychologically um, get the players to accept something that wasn't necessarily what the players wanted. But it, it was, all it was was an intimidation tactic used by the league to both make the fans put the blame on the players for de- like declining a final offer and at the same time you know putting uh, just like I, I don't know I'm, I'm talking in circles I'm just I'm just like I, I'm so I'm so mad I'm so angry at at the and I, I it's also important to note and that the blame here is not on the players union it, like right. the players Obviously, they are a party in the in the negotiation, and there's they're you know they are doing what they they're negotiating. They're trying to come up with the most favor favorable deal for them. But it's important to remember that the owners could lift the lockout right now. 
the owners locked out the players. The players are not on strike. It's if the owners did lock the um, did lift the lockout, the players would likely go on strike, and they're probably you know obviously there wouldn't be a start to the baseball season without a new CBA. But this was an action by the owners. The owners were the ones who did not negotiate for the first six weeks of the lockout and put it all on one final week, like it's a project that you're procrastinating until the final second. And then they self-imposed the deadline of 5 p.m. yesterday for some oh, reason really, to yeah, win. Monday, right. and then they, yeah, and then they pushed the it back. And then they pushed it back, and they, they sort of self-imposed a deadline of when the games would get canceled otherwise and to make their final offer, um, which I think was true, which is... It's disappointing because I was enjoying the uh, the Bob Nightingale kind of resurgence back from oh to becoming God, the most man. popular sports reporter on Twitter. Trying to recover, <laughs> trying to recover from mis uh, misreporting the Trevor Bauer That's situation. Right. No, Bob is probably the least accurate reporter there is on Twitter, but he was the one breaking all the how close we were getting on. Uh, I guess it was what Sunday or Monday. Um, I guess that was another lie. Yeah, that, that was that was that was a lie, and then they changed it right after. Um, I guess the union came with a quote more aggressive or different tone the next day, which doesn't exactly seem reasonable. I don't think he would get very close to a deal on one night and then come back and just completely change that for your, all of your players on the next day. Um, I think back in uh, back when we did our last podcast on. Or maybe not the last one on baseball, but the last one I was on for baseball. I, I said that we can miss a fair amount of time for this. There's a good chance you miss a month or more. And that that's what it looks like right now. I mean, I don't I don't see I, I see them negotiating more. Obviously, I mean they gotta start doing something. You can't have these long breaks like they had before this last week. Um, because they're still so far apart. And I mean, I right now it would it would be unsurprising to me if we missed all the way through April, at least, because you have to have at least a ramp up period once you agree to a new CBA. You need at least a, like the players won't agree to anything less than a week. I have to assume for spring training. When when they did the when they did the sixty game season and there wasn't a lot of spring training. I forget how much that was, but that caused a lot of injuries. There were more pitching injuries than like in any other full season. So players aren't just going to agree to ramp themselves up in a week. Um, so if they agree to a new CBA in two weeks, then we miss upwards of like three to four weeks of baseball, which is is really unfortunate. Um, the only other thing I'll say to start is I think, I mean, the one who's going to get the most blame is Rob Manfred, and he deserves it. I, I don't want to defend him. What I will say is that he is just sort of the spokesperson and the mouthpiece for the owners and it's it's really more on these owners who don't want to spend more money for their clubs despite making hundreds of millions of dollars in the last decade last five years MLB franchise values have gone way up and payroll values have gone up by five to ten million in the last in the last decade and most of that is you know there's a few teams that spend a lot of money like the Dodgers the Mets you get the Nats in there the Yankees Red Sox and then there are teams like the Orioles and teams like the A's and teams like the Rays that just keep their payrolls below $100 million, even when they're in contention. For tanking teams, I understand sometimes you cut payroll for a few seasons, but there are teams that have kept their payroll under $100 million throughout their entire competitive window. And, um, and until the owners decide these players 
are worth more and to spend more money on these these teams I don't there's not much that can be done they need to they need to change William um initial thoughts I need to hear from you I mean if if anything's true it's that I'm scared about how much baseball we're gonna miss because opening day is the clear deadline for when you want to get a CBA by obviously uh the, the owners have proven that they're willing to miss time and there's no other date where it's oh you have to stop by now it's just miss three games here miss three games here and there's never there's there's not a clear breaking point where it's this is the final day by which we have to get it done if it's not going to be opening day and so i just i'm scared that it's going to go on for so much longer than it necessarily should have um yeah yeah in addition to that i i think it's kind of absurd just the difference in um in, in like player like value and why we need a new cba for example statistic that for each day of the lockout each day of the the season being missed max scherzer for example loses two hundred and thirty three thousand dollars a day whereas you know before the lockout the the league minimum was what five hundred and sixty thousand or something like that and so just the the difference between people at the high end and low end of the pay scale kind of prove why we need some of the things that players are asking for like you know um arbitration happening quicker a, a higher arbit- a pre-arbitration pool a higher league minimum i just I, I mean i agree with the players on almost everything i just i, I mean the one thing i disagree on is uh, not not one not playing baseball right now that i think we can all echo that sentiment i don't know it's just like the players weren't asking for all that much when you look at i feel like when you look at the offers or i guess the Uh, propositions that the players were making I know the owners wanted a lot less than the players but when you look at it like it's a reasonable issue to take up on with the owners it's like Manny Machado's getting paid infinite amounts of money while like I know this is probably separate but minor leaguers can barely live like Mm -hmm. they can barely live like adequately like you have minor leaguers there have been I've seen stories on ESPN or a lot of them just live out of whatever vehicle they're driving. Yeah. And um, I don't know, just simple propositions like that and for the owners to willingly miss time to argue for, I, I just, I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm talking in multiple circles. Forget <laughs> about a single circle. I'm just so, do you think the owner, do the owners like baseball? No. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they like, like money. They like, exactly, they like money. They like money. What, what's, what's funny is, I don't, like, the offers that the players have made, the CBA goes on for five years, at least. So, I don't know if the owners don't understand that the league is probably going to gain money, as it has every single decade. But, like, it's not like this CBA is an offer for just this season. They're going to make more money. If they accepted the deal in five years, the players would be in a worse spot than they are now, who were in a worse spot than they were five years ago. So, sometimes you need to have a little bit of foresight and assume like you have been making money, that you're going to continue to increase these franchise values. There was even a pandemic, and they still made money with no fans in the stands for 60-game season. So the, the owners have to come up a little bit because in five years, I assume baseball's value will be even higher than it is today. Payrolls will be higher. Players will be wanting to get paid more, and the CBA would just restrict them so much if in 2027 the players are still having these issues. I mean, it, to me, the only the only possibility I see of baseball not being worth as much money is if we miss a whole season and then, exactly. you know, half the fans, you know, don't return because they, they've just been out of the baseball loop, right? I think yeah. that's the biggest possibility for owners not to make money 
is not coming to terms on a CBA. I just, the, the owners, it's not even like I have that much sympathy for them. They're not putting really anything on the line. I guess they're putting money in as a like investment, except they all are making money. They all have been making money. It's not like a risky investment at this point. Whereas the baseball players, you know, it's a it's a job. It's a full time job. They're putting their bodies on the line. Like I just I just don't have too much sympathy for the owners. Uh, the the only the only way you make money is by playing baseball, which is something I I have also not fully comprehended yet from an owner's perspective. Um, Matt, you wanted to, you had something yeah, to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, at the same time, you have to realize that these owners are responsible for paying the salaries of the minor leaguers. These are the same people, right? Like, yeah. th- these are, I mean, we're talking billions and billions of dollars, some of the richest people in the country, right? And they're the, like, these are the people who, you know, it, it, it's, it's like they, to put it simply, they are bosses who are not paying their workers adequately. And when they don't, when a boss doesn't play, pay their worker adi- adequately, the workers go on strike. And this is not a strike; this is a lockout. But it is, <laughs> which, is it, which which makes it even even more confusing because like the like the owners are like going on strike because they're like paying too much money. Like it, it just it doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. And it's it's really really frustrating. I don't think it's even paying them adequately. It's just the pay gap. Yeah. is so unbelievably wide. I mean, yeah, you have teams like the A's and Rays who are consistently good with very low payrolls, but, like, that's, like, player development. That's not necessarily because they don't have a lot of money. It's right. been very good player development. Yeah. And the narrative that this lockout is millionaires versus billionaires, that is just not true, right? Because you have people like, uh, like, like you have rookies, right, who are just coming out of the minor leagues and who are on their $10,000 salaries, which is just, you, you, it's unsustainable. You cannot live on $10,000 a year. Yeah. You, you cannot do that. Um, and you have these people who just come, like journeymen who come out of the minor leagues, they finally make it to the big leagues, they make $500,000 a year. Like, compared to other professional sports, that is pennies on the dollar. I think the NHL, you have to pay $750,000 a year. And the, the players are advocating for an, an increase in that, not by a lot, really. It's, it's, it's 500, it's around the 550, maybe closer to 600 range right now. They want it to get 650 as a compromise, 700, over 700 was their earlier goal, but they went down $50,000 to make it like in the 650 range. And that's still too much for the owners. And we're talking about people, again, who have billions of dollars who like if they could give the extra $50,000 to a player in the minor in who's just coming out of the minor leagues and it would not impact them financially whatsoever and I th- it's the it's you we were talking about comparatively to other leagues it's not like the players are asking for like the contracts basketball players get worth yeah. like guys are receiving super maxes of like five years 200 plus million dollars that's not what they're asking for they're asking for a lot less than that and here's a question I've been thinking about a lot. Just, I mean, I've been on Twitter a lot now. Has that been good for my mental health? <laughs> Likely not. Yeah, but it has been shockingly informative. Like, there are a, mm-hmm. a lot of smart people out there, and thankfully some of them have Twitter accounts, <laughs> which I have been spending a little bit too much time delving into. But um, here's, here's a question. Did baseball need this? Not necessarily to, for the players to get what they want, but, like, did baseball as a sport, did this, is this necessary for possibly, like, the progression? Because you've seen all, like, you've seen the Marcus Strowmans being, like, 
Manfred has to go. Like, players are not usually that outspoken, let alone outspoken against, like, their own commissioner. And we see Anthony Rizzo taking to social media and be like, hey, for all you kids, this is for you. Like, for all the kids that are possibly going to get alienated because of this lockout, because of this disagreement that is uh, seeping into the baseball season that is going to rob this um, like young generation of superstars. Like, we have Vladdy and Fernando Tatis. We're not going to be able to see them for who knows how long in, I would still call it, maybe they're not even fully in their primes yet. They're just getting going. So do you think baseball needed this? Is basically my question. Any of you can answer it. I mean, well, first of all, it, to the other point, it is funny to go on like Instagram and stuff and see people like putting clowns over the like commissioner's face. Like, it, there's never been like outspoken just like hatred of a league commissioner. Like, just on social media, even in the press, like they'll players will just say like, "Oh yeah, we don't like Rob Manfred. Get him out of here," which is which is very telling of the state baseball is in currently. The sport definitely didn't need this. I mean, baseball was, like, there's, there's been a debate for a long time about whether baseball is, is dying. I mean, people have said baseball has been dying for many years. Um, in reality, it's still the second most popular sport, pretty close up there with basketball, and technically it got more viewers in its biggest games this season, in the 2021 season. Um, I think if you asked a lot of the younger generation, I think it's football and basketball, and then a bit of a gap and that's where the issue lies is that baseball's younger viewership is a lot lower than that of the nba with its superstars and football with its just dominant local and national markets um and i think the i think the fact that this lockout could happen you know you'll you'll get the you'll get the diehard fans you'll get the interested fans back um but there are plenty of casual fans that you don't really want to lose and plenty of those casual fans come from the younger generation and that is what they are risking, like Anthony Rizzo was talking about. That, that's what they're risking when they, when they miss games in a season where every other league is going to continue. This isn't like the COVID season. There was an excuse there, right? Everything's on the fly. You have no idea what's happening. You're not going to be able to get people in the, in the stands. Other leagues are being canceled. If every other sport continues and baseball misses a significant amount of time, it's going to get passed by all these other ones. So yeah, the, and that's not good. Daniel, that was the smart, intelligent answer that I feared that just came out of you. And I guess, yeah, I'm a little bit of an optimist. I looked at it from a different perspective that, like, yeah, the diehard fans and the interested fans would still remain interested. Yeah. But, like, the casual fans, like we talked about with this past World Series, Atlanta-Houston, mm-hmm. like, how many non-baseball fans were watching that World Series Pretty much not, probably not a lot. And I feel like to measure a sports impact, it's not the only way, but one of the ways to see how many people that aren't fully invested in the sport, like we are, I guess, with baseball, how many non-baseball fans are interested? Like we've obviously had World Series. We have obviously had postseasons where non-baseball fans were interested. I mean, look at 2019. The entire state of Maryland was in on the Nationals. I mean, look at, I guess, 2011 an instant classic World Series between Texas and St. Louis. Like, that had non-baseball fans interested, which I thought was awesome. William given the little fist pump. It's Cardinal, Cardinal faithful. But um, <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, baseball, baseball in a sense did I Baseball, in a sense, they did not need this because, 
this is going to be like a quote like lost generation well there's I, a chance for a lost generation at least i would say that it's not necessarily a lost generation yet because baseball is not dying it might be on the decline in the united states but it is on the rise in latin america and in asia there are so many of the young talents in, in baseball today come from countries like the Dominican Republic. I'm thinking uh, Juan Soto, uh, Ronald Acuna is from Venezuela. Baseball is on the rise here. The sport could, this is going to hurt the sport. And I think that we can all agree it's not what we want to hear. I don't think it's going to hurt the league in the long run though, because when, if this deal is labor friendly, which that is probably not going to happen at this point, but you know, as, as negotiations as negotiations go on and hopefully the, the league will start making concessions because they haven't made any so far. Um, if the league becomes more labor friendly, it is going to be a more sustainable future. Like people will feel comfortable, talents will be, feel comfortable going into baseball and making a career out of it. Um, and in the long run, it'll obviously impact and improve quality of life for baseball players, for especially for rookies and for minor leaguers, and it will increase the uh, quality of the game that's being played. And right now, I mean, again, baseball is not, it, it is on the decline in the United States. It is not dying yet. There will be baseball um, this, this spring. There'll be baseball in Asia. There'll be the uh, Korean and Japanese leagues. Um, there's baseball in the United States going on right now. There's college baseball, and it's really exciting um, with some yes. great storylines yes. that I've started to follow very closely. And, of course, got to give a shout-out to the Whitman baseball team, and they're going to start their season right. rather soon. You should come down to Whitman and check out a game. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it, the league is going to benefit from this. The sport is going to need to catch up a little bit. I think one thing when you were talking about whether or not it's going to be a labor-friendly CBA when it finally happens. I think at this point, the, the players don't have all that much negotiating power because the, the owners, they have the money to be able to, you know, they'll be fine. They'll be fine financially if the season doesn't happen. Their money's not invested, right? They're not paying payroll right now. And it's the players, the, you know, those making minimum, minimum salaries, they don't have all of the money to wait out yeah. a season, the money, the season matters in some ways a lot more, a lot more directly at least, to them. So I just, I fear that the, the players are, are losing most of the negotiating power because they'd be affected, like, they didn't feel the effects more. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, even the, not even the players. Look at the, everyone that's dependent on baseball happening, yeah. the stadium work. How have we gone 23 minutes without mentioning stadium workers, yeah. broadcasters, Everyone that runs concessions, restaurants, bars, people that have like people franchises, work in the areas, people, people, people that work in the areas. Those places rely on baseball the, stadiums. The, the, I, I read an article about the restaurants around Roger Dean Stadium, where these no negotiations were happening in Jupiter, Florida. Those restaurants and bars are doing terribly financially because they made a quarter of their profits during spring training. This is this is their this is their like prime. This yeah. is where they make the yeah. most money. And nothing's <laughs> happening. And it's and like for these stadium workers, for these um, for these um, you know bar and restaurant owners near baseball stadiums, in the last three years, that's going to be three opening days worth of missed profits because in 2020, obviously the season was delayed. In 2021, I think every stadium, maybe for the exception of the Texas Rangers, had a some sort of capacity restriction on opening day, and then of course this year, opening days delayed. 
I mean, like, if you're, this is, this is, these are the domino effects of a lost season that really, I don't think the owners are taking into consideration at all. I think they're just looking at it from a financial standpoint. Yeah. They're not looking at it from, in like a, a common common person's economic standpoint or from a baseball perspective, from a fan's perspective. If the MLB and MLBPA wanted to make these negotiations go quicker, they should take some of the fans who were on the street outside of Roger Dean Stadium, bring them into the room and have them talk about why, you know, this this negotiation matters to them so much. That would be, that would be dope as hell, first of all. <laughs> I would. Imagine that opportunity. I don't think that would happen because baseball, the, the owners do not seem that much cited to be like, hey, maybe we should get some outside perspectives not just the players. No. <laughs> this is a thought I had with the meetings. Like, I, Do they even um, want the players' perspective, though? No, they don't. I feel like, the, I feel like they not. just want their own perspective. Yeah. I feel like I, I saw Max Scherzer was at the forefront of negotiations. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be to have to negotiate anything <laughs> with Max said, Scherzer? Yeah, they were like, his strategy, is, his negotiating style is a little bit aggressive. And I'm like, really? From a guy nicknamed Mad Max? I'm shocked about that. that. <laughs> Two different colored eyes. Dude <laughs> looks like a menace. Oh my gosh. Um, I really don't have any other questions. Do you guys have any other thoughts on this? Because I mean, there has to be there has to be some some more. There has to be. I would say the only thing I would put out there is how do we get this to change? Because obviously we want to have a baseball season this year. I think we're gonna have some sort of season. I don't I'm I'm not quite into the whole season's getting cancelled. But depending on what happens, I mean, unless the owners cave in and the players get a great CBA <laughs> which I don't think is going to happen. In five years, the same, how do we prevent the same thing from happening? Like, that's looking quite a bit down the road, but if we get into a similar situation, I don't see how you avoid having another lockout if the players are in a bad situation. The players get a great CBA, they'll probably pretty agree to the next one pretty easily. That's usually what happens. When they feel they're not being fairly treated, then you get a lockout often because they won't just bend over to what the MLB owners want. How do we avoid this going on for, you know, next 20, 30 years is something we have to figure out. I'm going to make a really unreasonable suggestion. Well, awesome. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just have, why don't we, why don't people who actually care about baseball buy baseball teams? What? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, 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 I hate the Mets with all of my heart, but there is Steve Cohen, who's the owner of the Mets, just like he he has a twitter he's active he's he's a mets fan mm -hmm. he grew up a mets fan he bought the team because he likes the mets and wants to see the mets win a world series and that's why he paid max scherzer a huge like basketball style contract yeah that's why he's you know uh signing eduardo escobar and starling Marte. that's why he's making moves to get the mets to win and I would assume, obviously, you know, none of us have been in the, in, the, in the negotiation room for the owners, but I would assume that Steve Cohen is one of the owners who are advocating for a baseball season. And I think that there are some people um, on, on the owner's side who are not advocating for a baseball season. I'm thinking of, like, the Atlanta, owner. the Rockies owner, who's the, uh, the Montfort family is, you know, they're in charge of the negotiations on the owner's side but i'm thinking about the atlanta braves they're owned by liberty media yeah. right like is liberty media really taking an active role into the baseball interests of the atlanta braves or are they just taking in and they're just looking at what would best impact their their financial statements at the end of the year yeah. i think i don't think your your proposal is that outrageous when you think about it i mean 
the Green Bay Packers, for example, they're community owned. I mean, they're the only like major one major sports team in the U.S. that is. Except it's not like the Packers are doing poorly, right? They right. have amazing players. They have great, you know, they've had amazing success. And and they're it, doing it, all of that in Green Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, which is which small. Is like, I've been there. It's, it's not very big, market. right? Market. Like I mean, in a lot of these places, there the fans care so much about their team and I, I think you would be able to succeed if you had the, the fans as the owners but I, I don't think we'll ever get there because I don't think I, don't I mean think Steve Cohen does also have 14 billion dollars which probably helps but I mean it's, it's but different like, from a situation but no yeah. I mean I don't think any of the another like what William was talking about earlier I don't think any of the owners actually made their money off of baseball teams so they all have different financial interests that got them there like they are baseball team is like a secondary thing to most of them it's which, a, it's, a, which it's, like a, it's like a yacht. It's like an art also, piece. It's just something to have. You know, for the, if if, I, if I'm Steve Cohen and I already have $14 billion and I'm what, debating whether or not I get a $15 billion, what am I going to spend that money on? I'm not. It's going to sit in a bank account until I die. Like I, the owners, they just, I don't know. I and feel like that's, it's kind of unreasonable. That's what's, that's what's so baffling about this. It's not like they're going to give up. It's not like they're going to lose a large portion of what they already have. No. Yeah, it's you know? they're losing profit on top of billions of dollars. That they, like, that they, they, that they already have. Season. They're, not, they're yeah. not dependent on another season to make more money. They're still going to have a lot of money. Even if there literally is no baseball season, they will still have a lot and of money in the bank. pretty much no matter what CBA they agree to, they would make money every single baseball season. Yeah, at some like point, the, the COVID pandemic season is the only season where some of them lost money, not not all of them, with if, no fans in the stands, 60 games, and like severe if, restrictions on everything. If, they still almost like broke even. They're going to make money if baseball happens, and they can't agree to a CBA. If the owners really don't think that it's going to make money, sell the team. You know, like just just get out of the sport at some point. Like right. the reason none of them have is because they don't lose money; they make money. I mean, yeah, I I just I don't know. It's a crazy situation. Uh, yeah, that's what we keep coming back to. It's a crazy situation. There's a very easy, simple solution, but for some, no, well, actually, a lot of known reasons, um, they're not uh, able to come to an agreement. Um, do you think we're going to have baseball this season? Yes. Yeah, I think we will. All right. Yeah. Awesome. It, uh, month and I think a half. It, it's going to take. It's going to take about a month and a half, and it's going to suck that month and a half. I mean, again, I'm going to just plug again invest in an espn plus subscription for the next couple of college baseball college, baby college baseball i mean it, i mean there, there's some there's some really good games every single weekend and tommy white yeah oh my god he's 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 a monster nc state he's the f- true freshman first baseman nine home runs in eight games absolutely a beast mm-hmm. um and of course hopefully just like um i i mean i hate making um parallels to the beginning of the pandemic but espn might start showing some of the games that happened in asia that's there, right. and uh bryce back harper back to the kbo back to the kbo back to the NPB. Oh, bryce harper posted on his instagram a mock-up of him wearing the jersey um of the young yuri giants what uh what percent serious do you think he was um knowing bryce harper well i, I don't know bryce harper but like, <laughs> having been a fan of bryce harper for um for as long as he was on he was a national um I'd say he's probably about forty percent serious. He probably like I, I don't think he'll actually end up going there, but I think he wants the, to. The Clint Fraser tweet was funny. How he's going to apply for a job at McDonald's because yeah. everyone's <laughs> been telling him to work at McDonald's. I feel like you're just going to start seeing pickup baseball games. That would just be cool. in like Washington D.C. 
like oh. amongst players, which yeah, I think would be, be which I actually think would be kind of cool. It would be so cool. I also forgot um, another way that you you're able to watch baseball um, during this um, MLB lockout. It doesn't affect the minor leagues, so minor league baseball will still be um, will still be happening, will still be live. Even though they might go to bat starving, uh, uh, it will still be on. So yes, go check out the minor leagues. A year. Minor leagues need a CBA more than the majors do. Well, league. yeah, that was like one of like in all series, that was like one of like the five main things that like players wanted to achieve is better standards for yeah. minor league players. And, and of um, course, that'll never happen. But but like it's. It, it, it's it, it, the situation with minor leaguers right now is I, I think above all of the other terrible things that the, the the league is the league is not doing for the players not giving um, minor league players a voice in this process at all considering that they're the ones who on a day-to-day basis are probably most affected by the actions of what what's going on um, because they're 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 not getting paid at all. They're also like I I I, 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 I could, you might have to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that you know with, with no CBA they're not being they're not being paid. So it, it's it's really just a terrible situation for every aspect of, of professional and organized baseball in the United States. Um, it, I, I'm I'm really disappointed with the league. Do you think? Uh, this might sound hyperbolic. I, I always try to be reasonable, but I, I think this question needs to be asked as we're about to close out. Is Rob Manfred the worst sports commissioner of our generation? Of our generation, yes. Yes. Ah, who's that? Do you think Gary Bettman I mean, is worse? I think C-League is overrated, but, like, he was better than this. Well, Wait, the worst baseball? I know, just, no, like, no, sport, sport. just commissioner of any that? major... Like NHL Silver or whatever? Adam, Adam Silver is spectacular. He's good. I mean, like, if he's, I hear if I hear one word too. if I hear one word of slander on Adam Silver uh, or throwing hands on him, he's done a great hallway. job marketing. He's done a fantastic job marketing. I, I think that. I think that the, the metric that you can look at for who is the worst professional sports commissioner in the last while is how many work stoppages have <laughs> each have each league had? I mean, the NHL how many games have they canceled? The, the NHL went sport. on strike a, a couple like maybe 2013, 2014. Um, but the NFL hasn't had any problems. Nope. The NBA hasn't had any problems recently. Uh, I think of David Stern. That's what I was thinking. About. David Stern, Stern is literally is probably Stern the best the best commissioner of probably the <laughs> well, last two centuries. I just remember unless you ban Jordan, but that's a conspiracy theory. So that's that's a conspiracy theory. That is not a fact. <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. Oh, what was I saying? I was talking about um, I was talking about Manfred. Yeah. Now this is the second. I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily count the. COVID this is like season. one and a half. It's like one and a half work stoppages in three yeah. years, which is if you're if, if it is your literal job it, to prevent work stoppages, it is like a objective failure of your job if you are having one and a half work stoppages in the past three years. And I think just that coupled with like that's Two this years. is this might not even be like the wor- this might not even be like the worst in terms of not condemning the Astros. No, like that is also hanging over his head. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, honestly, with all this baseball that's stuff that's true. going on, I mean, like, that just seems like it's the, the least of our concern, the Astros at this point. And I don't know. I, he, he also sounds like a guy that just doesn't love baseball at the very, very least, the way you would want a commissioner of a yeah. professional sports league to love their sport. Like, it was very clear with Stern and Silver. Like, they love the game of basketball and want to spread it globally. Like Stern 
was a godsend in terms of spreading the game globally. I've always said that they're the best commissioners ever. I've been a... <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, but it's just Manfred is... It, it seems like the complete opposite. And this whole situation, I'm at the very least glad that we can say we experienced it and we, and we spoke out against it. And right. we made our voices heard and we have mediums like podcasts to make our voices heard. So, um, any other closing thoughts? That's right. We'll send it to the owners, though. I'm sure this. I'm sure this. I'm sure this. I'm sure this 36-minute segment of four high schoolers talking about baseball will surely will surely sway the owners. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you three, thank you very much for hopping on. I'm sure we'll be back on sometime soon for whatever asinine statement Rob Manfred makes tomorrow. MLB prediction show. Whenever whenever it happens. And one of the predictions will be when do we think the season is going to start, sadly. Um, But again, thank you all for coming on. I'm sure we'll be back soon. And uh, you guys take care. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.